Following Christ with us is an invitation for women of all ages and in every stage of life to grab their Bibles and a cup of coffee and join us, Shirley Crowder and Lee Wren, as we discuss what the Bible says about a variety of topics. Thank you for joining Following Christ with us. I'm Shirley, and I'm here in the studio with my friend Lee. How are you today, Lee? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, We are going to do something really, really fun, at least for me, and I know it is for Lee. Uh, We are going to talk about some, a few, a minuscule number of our favorite Christmas carols. And those who've been around me at times when I, I teach or speak or write will know that I often say, oh, this is my favorite or one of my favorites. And people always say, I think all of them are your favorites. And that's right, with the scripture and hymns and carols. But we're going to just do a little talking today about Christmas carols and this time of year as we're approaching Christmas and all the decorations are being put up and the beautiful lights and colors and, oh, it's just an exciting time of year. And in the background, you're hearing Christmas carols. Um, Often they're uh, the fun ones, and I like those too. Here comes Santa Claus. The secular ones, yes. And Lee may hit me for this one, but (laughs) Grandma got run over by a reindeer. (laughs) Some of those fun ones. <laughs> Lee's about to Haven't resign. Now that, <laughs> um, yeah, that I'm a grandma, I don't know that's too funny. <laughs> it was before I was it. Right. Oh, so God. we're just going to start off, and Lee's going to talk about um, one of her favorites, and then I'll talk about one of mine, and we'll just see where it takes us. Um, first off, I do love Christmas. I love listening to Magic 96 every day, almost constantly during Christmas. Um, just the secular and the religious Christmas carols, they're all pretty, but there's such a reverence and just a peace to me personally that is felt, you know, through our religious um, Christmas carols that we sing. Um, I don't know, Shirley's like me, we just love Christmas, period. <laughs> so, That's right. <laughs> but um, I chose Oh Holy Night, and um, we just decided to take, you know, a verse or two here and there from each song just to talk about it. And so I chose long lay the world and sin and air pining till he appeared and the soul felt mm. his birth. And then I just simply said, God saved us. Mm. You know, we were lost in our sin and he was born, mm. you know, and just came to save us. And he came so. to save us <clears throat> at a time historically when Christ came, his first advent, his first coming, when the world was in a horrible shape. Yes. And oh my goodness. And aren't we now? <laughs> aren't we now? And so um, that's just such a, a wonderful, wonderful carol. And there's so many versions of it. Some I like better than others. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like Christmas time has gotten started till you've heard it and been able to sing it. And um, 
some of my fondest memories are are singing choirs with all the voices and singing Oh Holy Night in it, candlelight services and all of those things surrounding our church, our faith, our family. Yes. Um, And it is a holy night. Sadly, on some of the uh, Christmas movies, which I love, all the Christmas movies. Um, That's on that 24 at my house. Too. <laughs> um, but, you know, they're, they're playing these in contexts that are so, you know, sometimes I think that's just not right to play. But there was one over the weekend that I was watching and a holy night was going on in the background and, and the scene and what was happening. I just was like, no, you shouldn't have that playing. But then I thought, yeah, because we need to remember in the midst of all the ungodly stuff and the hard things that are going on that there was a holy night yes. and that Christ did come in the midst of yuck That's right. <laughs> to save us, right. you know. And so um, um, you have to sort of you have to think a little differently sometimes when you're hearing these things. Yes. And, and processing what you're hearing. Right, right. So I love that one. Now, one that um, that leads into, for me, is um, that um, we're um, in the first week, second week rather, third week. I don't even know what week it is. I think the third week of Advent now. Um, but in the first week of Advent... We, um, for those who don't know what Advent is, it's a, it's a time in the church where we look forward to the coming of Christ. And so in Old Testament days, they looked forward to the first coming of Christ, his birth in a manger, um, coming to earth to live as fully God and fully man. Now when we celebrate, we are celebrating that gift that God gave us of his son, and how he lived on earth as fully God and fully man, died upon the cross to take our sin and the punishment we deserved, returned, then ascended to heaven. And we look to his second coming, uh, in which we will all be redeemed or have uh, our redemption would be, faith would be sight, I guess is the way to say that. And uh, we will have our new bodies, our resurrected bodies. So one of the hymns that, that talks about that is, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And not only is it a beautiful hymn, but it just, um, it's, it's the words of it are so rich. And it talks about Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel, the name Emmanuel means God with us. And so can you imagine back in the days before all those years before from the time of the fall in Genesis 3 to the time of that we read in the New Testament of Christ's birth, all those years, people looking forward to God with us coming. And we look forward to that now. Of course, God is with us. And as Christ followers, he indwells us through his Holy Spirit. But 
all of the verses, um, one of the many reasons I like this hymn, Carol, is because it talks about the different name, Old Testament names for the Messiah. Uh, Emmanuel, of course, God with us. The second verse calls, says, O come thou wisdom from on high. So God is wisdom. Then thou branch of Jesse's stem. And that's part of the, the heredity of Christ and how you, you go back. If you read in certain portions of the Old Testament and the New Testament, you can see the lineage all the way through to Christ. And that's what that's referring to. The key of David, and David is in that lineage of Christ. Then that bright and morning star. And that may be... There are six verses, and that one's one of my six favorites. But I love how uh, that verse, that stanza says, um, oh, Come thou bright and morning star, and bring us comfort from afar. Dispel the shadows of the night, and turn our darkness into light. I love, love, love that. And then the final stanza talks about the desire of nations and asking God to bind all of our hearts together and that our sad divisions would cease because Christ is the King of Peace. That is really an amazing, an amazing prayer. There are it's, so many, excuse me, so many divisions, period, right, right now. Everywhere Just, you turn, it yes. doesn't matter. Yes. And if you if you disagree with someone, you can't disagree with a Not lot anymore. of people anymore. <laughs> no. You know, and it's just, it's so very sad. Uh, there is not any, that peace. Of course, we know why. We don't have that peace because people do not know Jesus. And they don't seek to follow him in their hearts. So what's the next one you want to talk about, Lee? Okay, the second carol I chose is Joy to the World. Um, the verse from there, No more let sin and sorrow reign, nor thorns infest the ground. Jesus came to save us from our sins and deliver us from the sin and sorrow of death. We do not have to nor need to live in our sin and sorrow anymore. He made provision and a way out. Don't let thorns infest the ground. Uh, your hearts are our hearts. Hmm. So... That is just what that meant to me. So what um, are the thorns that can infest our hearts? Sin. Mm. Yeah. Sins of omission, mm. which means the things that we don't do that we should do. And then the sins of commission, those things that we do Sin that period. don't honor yeah. God. Yes. Those All things of it. we do, we say, we think, yeah. whatever it is that's sin. Don't let any a, sin mm. infest your heart. Any. And... Yeah. As, as I think of that hymn, Carol hymn, because it is a hymn. Yes. And in fact, it was not written to be a Christmas hymn originally. It was written just to be a hymn to be sung any time of the year. Because as you go through all the different verses, you talk about all the different things that give us reason to be joyful that Christ has come. 
but it is fitting for Christmas, and I love it at Christmas. Um, I'm one of those that thinks we ought to sing most of the Christmas carols all all year long. Yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Don't see why we don't want to celebrate Christ's birth all year long. But as we think about the, the joy to the world, I picture differences of people's lives, people whom I know who have lived horribly sinful lives. And by the way, all sin is horribly horrible. Um, but those who have lived in in the darkness of, of addiction and, and numerous things and how downtrodden they are when you come upon them. And how you share the gospel with them, and and you you watch them interact with other Christ followers, and you watch them as they're learning Scripture and learning about who God is, and then you see the absolute new creature, the change in the person. They don't even physically they don't look the same. Yes. Because of what's happened eternally. And it's joy. You see it. Joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the midst of all the, the junk and the darkness of sin. The rebellion. I've seen people, like what you're talking mm-hmm. about, their whole countenance mm-hmm. is completely different. Exactly, And it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a miracle. It, it Absolutely. To and, see that. You know, that doesn't mean that, um, that they immediately all their habits might might not be gone um, god chooses to do different things in the lives of different people i've seen people who god got a hold of and who never ever ever had a desire to use that drug again or to drink and then i've seen those that have just struggled and struggled throughout their christian walk and so it's all joyful as you think of what God does. And we don't, we don't think about that that much. We take for granted his coming. And we talk about the sweet little baby in the manger. And yes, I'm sure he was a sweet little baby. Most babies are mm-hmm. sweet. Yes. <laughs> but let's not keep him in the manger. Let's not keep him in the manger. Let's let him grow up to that man in his 30s who walked on this earth and who walked alongside and taught his disciples and then who gave his life for us and to pay for the sin that we've done. Um, We received a Christmas card a few years ago and it just showed from the manger to the cross that it was so pretty Mm -hmm. the way it was depicted Mm -hmm. on there and that's it. Exactly. You know, Um, I I often like to talk about... um, the cross and have I have crosses that are right around all of my nativity scenes and often I have people ask me about that and you can't have the cross without the manger the mangers what at least in terms of the earthly parts of redemption you can't have it you can't have redemption for us unless God sent his son here to live as fully God and fully man. And so that's um, that's pretty cool. And now one of my 
all-time all, all favorites, many of them, like all of them are. Beautiful, beautiful hymn. That uh, yeah, originally was written in Latin, as many of them are. And this beautiful, beautiful carol uh, was translated into English. It's uh, one that uh, is probably or maybe more familiar to some folks who lived overseas or who live in, in Great Britain uh, than some here in America. But it's Lo, How a Rose Air Ever, E apostrophe E-R, Blooming. The scripture passage that this kind of comes from is from Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. Um, and just the main verses there are uh, verse 1 from the ESV. And then a shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. And then verse 10, on that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will look to him for guidance, and his resting place will be glorious. So the lyrics here are describing Christ's coming just like the Old Testament prophet said he would come just like the first proclamation of the gospel in Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve had sinned. Um, Christ came in glorious splendor into the darkness of the sinful world to save us from sin and death and delight in every load. And that's such a tender picture of the Savior. And... Um, on this one, I think that I'm going to take a little liberty and just read all the lyrics because I want y'all to know this one if you don't. And by the way, on all of these or any of them, if you're not familiar with the lyrics, you can go to uh, Timeless Truths Music online or you can go to hymnary, H-Y-M-N-A-R-Y.org and find all of these um Lyrics, you can often find the, uh, the hymn sheets for them, uh, not the, there are other places you can find uh, lead sheets and chord charts and things. The, let me read these stanzas for you, Lee. They're so beautiful. Lo, how a rose air blooming from tender stem hath sprung of Jesse's lineage coming as men of old have sung. It came a floweret bright amid the cold of winter, when half spent was the night. That's such a beautiful picture of Christ. Stanza 2 says, Isaiah twas foretold it, the rose I have in mind. With Mary we behold it, the virgin mother kind. To show God's love aright, she bore to men a savior, when half spent was the night. In stanza three, the last stanza says, This flower, whose fragrance tender with sweetness fills the air, dispels the glorious splendor, the darkness everywhere. True man, yet very God, from sin and death he saves us and lightens every load. That's beautiful. Uh, and the, the music is just 
So beautiful. That is it one just, I've never heard. Well, you need to learn this one. I will. That's you pretty. need to learn this one because it is beautiful. Uh, I can remember um, my mom, as she got older, she had a pretty decent singing voice. As she got older, you know, not so much. And she'd start singing and she'd go, I wish I could still sing it. It's so beautiful. Um, it was one of her favorites. And we would listen to it and, and talk about God and, and his glorious splendor. And I think about um, two, three years ago, I can't remember how long, maybe more, when I was coming into the, my office at the church, uh, there's this rose garden just beside the front door. And um, it had snowed. We'd had one uh, unusual snow for Birmingham without a lot of ice underneath it, just this beautiful blanket that was all over the place. And as I got out of my car and started toward the door, there was this red rose just poking up through the snow. How about that? And it looked so stark because everything else was, was so white. And that's what... That's what this verse, that last verse is referring to when it says that the flower dispels with glorious splendor the darkness everywhere and that Jesus comes and saves us. Yes. That's a beautiful one. I love that. Okay, you're going to have to learn that one now. I will. I will. <laughs> all right, what's, what's your next one? But Lee? I knew all these Christmas songs. <laughs> <laughs> so... Shirley teaches me things often, but she really taught me something in that. Um, mine is just simply, O little town of Bethlehem, mm. the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Mm. So all our hope, everything, every fear we have, it is all taken care of. Capital H hope. Yes, in Christ. All mm. of it. Um, no matter what we're going through, mm. what we've been through, it is all taken care of. Mm-hmm. In Him, you know, and through the hope of the cross. And what he came to do for us. And if you think about it, um, it says Bethlehem, a little town of Bethlehem. Um, you, you think about the Old Testament prophecy, the prophets, those people, who, those men who spoke for God, that so many years ago they prophesied the coming of Christ. And it wasn't just this sort of namby-pamby, there's somebody coming at some point. Right. But the the prophecies talk about the specific place he would be born, in Bethlehem. And, of course, Joseph and Mary didn't live in Bethlehem. So what did, what happened? They had to travel. They had to travel. (laughs) So there was this, you know, um, in King James it says, (laughs) and in those there... And in those days, there came about a sense, you know, a census. Uh, that's why they were in Bethlehem. And so what what the coming of Christ is, is it's the fulfillment of all this prophecy and the big H hope. The big H yes. hope. Our only. That we can only place yes. in and be realized in Christ himself. Yes. And uh, you talk about all the things about that un- unknowing city of Bethlehem. One of my friends, um, a 
uh, pastor friend, um, Bill Trywick, wrote a book uh, based on a story that he made up to tell his grandchildren. It talks about um, the, a guy who comes into town in Bethlehem and you know has some of the same issues, can't find a good room, all these different things. And he's sort of just, just clueless of what all is going around. And he's right just within spitting distance almost of the stable, but he's so unaware of what's happening there. And guess what? We do the very same thing. Oh, yeah. We do the very same thing. We <laughs> yes. go through, fly through our Christmas with thinking about what presents are we going to buy and what food. And that's all important parts of our tradition and our taking care of our families. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of that stuff, nothing sinful. But oh, my goodness. Let's be aware of what it means that Christ is born today. You know, what does that mean? That he's here. Um, I, I love that one. It's another one of mine I love. It was hard to choose. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is another one of my many M-A-N-Y favorites. It's called Love Came Down at Christmas. Do you know that one? I do. Okay. I do sure. know that one. <laughs> I was about to wonder what we're going to do with this child. She didn't know this one. <laughs> Thought I knew them all. Oh, well. Um, it's based on 1 John 4, 9 and 10. And I'll read that from the ESV. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent us his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And I love those verses, don't you? Just the, the knowledge and understanding that Christ is love and that he sent his son uh, as the atoning sacrifice. The big theological word is propitiation, P-R-O-P-I-T-I-A-T-I-O-N. Some, some of the versions you'll read, and it says as a propitiation for our sins. That's why... Christ's coming is such a big deal. And this is another one, Lee, that um, the verses are just, they just talk about what Christ did and what, what he's done for us. Um, love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely. Love divine. Love was born at Christmas. And the star and angels gave us a sign. Another one of the verses talks about worship we the Godhead. It's talking about God and the Trinity, really. Um, love incarnate. Love shall be our token. Don't you love that thought? Mm -hmm. Love shall be our token. Love be yours and mine. Love to God and all men. Love for plea and gift and sign. I just... I love, I love this song about love. <laughs> um, but, you know, as we think about the Advent season and 
Christmas coming, they're all reminders for us of God's love for us and how we are to love other people. Most of you will be familiar with the commandment in John 13, 34 to 35. I give you a new command, love one another, just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Wow. Imagine this world. Imagine this nation, the state of Alabama, <laughs> the cities in which we live, the communities in which we live, the church families in which we worship, fellowship, and learn, the families in which we live. If love, the love of Christ, resided in our hearts and we loved God first and others secondly. What just, a difference it would make. If we just love regardless. Mm -hmm. yes. Right, right. And so another verse, uh, set of verses that come to my mind on this about God's love is from Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. Christ came to earth to save us. And here's what these ver verses in Ephesians say. To be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what this song is about. Love. Incarnate. I mean, Christ is love. God is love. Period. Whether you perceive him that way or not, God is love. He's a source of love. He is love. And he, you know, other places in Ephesians, it talks about that God loved us. And he chose to take that love and direct it toward us. Oh, my goodness, Lee. What if we really understood that? And lived our lives in a way that showed we loved him. Yes. Now, we normally try to keep our um, podcast to about 30 minutes. But we've both got one more song, uh, hymn that we want to, Carol, we want to talk about. So y'all just hang on. Yeah. I'll be, mine's, <laughs> like I said, mine's pretty brief. <laughs> mine's pretty abbreviated. But, um, oh, come all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. Mm. We should feel joy as Christians, as humans. We don't always feel that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe due to life circumstances. You know, we may not just feel joyful daily. Um, but there's still a peace there that we feel as Christians. Even when you don't feel that maybe happy mm -hmm. is the word I'm looking for right. on a daily basis. Right. There's a peace, you know, that we have. And we should feel triumphant as Christians because Jesus overcame death and hell for us. Exactly. You know, and we should definitely not feel defeated mm -hmm. because he did that alone. Exactly. You know, and we should, that should bring us joy. Right. You know, every single day of our lives. But as we unfortunately know, there's sometimes we just don't. 
and always feel happy. You yeah. know, it's 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 not the happiness. Of course, is dependent on circumstances, and the joy is the, the fruit of the spirit. And so, if you're a Christ follower, that's a fruit yes. of your Christ following. Yes. <laughs> um, and if you're and, in a bad circumstance, and people can see your joy, exactly. what a testimony! Absolutely. You know? And what the the amount that we show to other people is dependent on numerous things. It's our uh, the depth of our relationship with Christ, how consistent we are in the Word, how well we know Him so that we'll trust Him, so that we can walk through the circumstances. And the joy doesn't mean, um, you know, my son, daughter has just been killed in a car wreck. Yay, I'll go whoopee. No, right. that's not what it means. It means that steady confidence that God is God and that God is sovereign. God is in control and you are joyful. And um, absolutely, you know, that's that's what it's talking about, that God is God. And come all you faithful, those who faithfully follow Christ. Now, none of us do that perfectly. We don't. Now, that's not to excuse our sin. But the idea here is, is, is the pattern of your life a pattern of faithfulness to God? Not, do you ever sin? Because we know the answer there is yes. And so faithful people come together, come together and be joyful. And this is, this is the time in the history of mankind, just like numerous other times, we could go back all the way to Genesis 1-1 forward and begin to look at all the times um, where we've needed the faithful to come together and to encourage each other and to build each other up, to teach each other, to pray for each other, but to be joyful and worship God together and to praise him and not go around like a gloomy Gus. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. all the time, just yes. poor pitiful me looking. Yes. <laughs> it's one of the things that I, I know we've mentioned before that from where I am at the church where I'm a member, I play the piano. And so I'm up a little bit on the side there and I'll, we'll be singing some of these things sometimes and, you know, joy to the world or oh, come all you faithful or, Jesus loves me, and you, you know, somebody, these people look, some of them look like they've lost <laughs> yeah. the last friend and they don't have they do. anything, <laughs> you know, and you just think, is it, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? Yes. Worship God, worship God. So that's, that's one I love too. I love them all. You're beginning to get that, aren't you? <laughs> um, the last one that I chose is come thou long expected Jesus. And when you think about it, as we're thinking of it as a Christmas carol, uh, the first stanza says, come thou long expected Jesus, born thy, to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Uh, I love that. I love that. And as, as the first coming of Christ, the people were in despair. The people had 
been disobedient to God. You just read about the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. And over and over, they did what God said. Then they started drifting away, not following him, not doing what he said. God did things that helped bring them to repentance. They repented, and then things were better. It sounds like us. Sure does. <laughs> sounds like each Christ follower in the world. Um, so this one is uh, a great, great uh, expression for the first coming of Christ, but also think about it in the context of the second coming. Yes, Jesus, we want you to come back and set us free from all the craziness of this world, from the fears that we might have. Let us find our rest in thee. The second stanza starts out, born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. And that he will bring in the second coming. Um, when you have a little time, pull out your Bibles and read uh, Psalm 65. It's a great uh, backdrop and insight about the things that, uh, that the Israelites were hoping for when Christ came the first time. And just think about the parallels between what they were looking and hoping for and what we are in the second coming. So we're going to end and say goodbye. I'm going to ask Lee if she will pray for us. And we will see you again next week. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day and every day, Lord, that you give us just to have life. And I just pray that you'll keep us mindful of that, Lord, and just keep us mindful of all the blessings that you've given us, Lord, and especially during this busy holiday season where we just seem to be rushed constantly, Lord, that we take time to stop and think about you and worship you, God. I just pray that our podcast will be a blessing to all that are listening, Lord, and they hear it. And if whatever is needed, salvation for people, just encouragement, whatever they may need, um, that we're able to meet that for them through you. I just pray you'll be with us, Lord, and keep us safe till we meet again next week. Amen.